You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Eschatology, we look into uh, things to come. That's what it's talking about. And so we're looking at the future and we look into God's Word and we, we just see that there's so much that we have to look forward to. And you know, it just seems closer and closer, doesn't it? And we keep finding ourselves saying that, you know, the Lord's coming back any time. And so I've just been drawn to the book of Revelation. And so we're going to be just taking some time. I don't know that we are going to go verse by verse, uh, but we're going to go through the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights and uh, just uh, addressing uh, what, what it is that we have to look forward to. And so the things to come. So uh, Revelation, I uh, had a very uh, exciting title to the message tonight, Revelation. And uh, in my notes, I have one Revelation. So this is just the first message of a series. Revelations chapter 1, look at verse number 1. We'll read responsively down to verse 3. And so I'll start in verse 1. Join me on verse 2. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto us, his servants, things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that you have not only revealed it to us, you have given it to us, but Lord, you have preserved it. And Lord, we're so thankful that we have the ability to hold in our hands the very word of God, and Lord, that we can know you better. And so I pray tonight that as we gather as a church family here in the auditorium, those that are uh, in the children's classes or teen classes around campus, uh, those that are watching online, uh, maybe uh, those that uh, are in a car and just looking at a, a cell phone, Lord, I don't know where each of us are at, but Lord, I pray that all of us would be drawn to you a little bit more. And so enlighten us, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. As we're looking at this, we uh, look at the revelation. And right off the bat, when I look at my Bible, it says the revelation of St. John the Divine. All right. Now, if you were to look at my Bible, you would see that it is crossed out uh, right there. Number one, uh, it's not the revelation of John. And John was not Saint John the Divine. Uh, it's uh, that is a, a Catholic uh, 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 leaning right there. Uh, but uh, John was a sinner just like you and just like me. He needed salvation by grace through faith, like any other person. He was not divine. Uh, he was a wonderful tool that God used. He was a messenger. Uh, that we get to learn about here. Uh, but this is the Revelation, John 1 1, or Revelation 1 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revealing of Jesus Christ. And so uh, John was what we would call the revelator. There's a song that uh, calls him the revelator. He was just the one that was telling of it. Uh, but Jesus was the, uh, the, was the revelation of Jesus Christ. So number one, I just want you to see, uh, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's, that's first and foremost. Uh, we've got to make sure that we keep, uh, keep first things first. And if we are going to learn anything in the book of Revelation, uh, a book that is, that is full of mystery. You know, the Bible says in Corinthians, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. There's coming a day when we'll, we'll look at the Word of God and we'll understand all of it. That's pretty amazing. Because there, as long as I have studied my Bible... Uh, the amount of times that I have read it through uh, over and over and over again and studying and trying to be one that shows himself approved unto God in the studying of the Word of God. Uh, I look into the book of Revelation and I scratch my head sometimes and say, okay, Lord, what, what does this all tie together and what does this mean? And, and so uh, we, we have to look at it and just uh, as we're navigating through it, uh, we will see some things I believe that God has for us. But it is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show uh, unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Now, the word revelation, and we, we've uh, discussed this earlier in the last month, uh, revelation. Uh, the word revelation means the communication of knowledge previously hidden. So it's the communication of knowledge that was previously hidden to man by divine or supernatural agency. So it is something that God had, but he had held it back from man. Uh, and so here is what is being revealed, uh, especially communications that precede from God or Christ. So that's what revelation means. Now, if you were to look at what the word revelation is in the Greek, it's apocalypse. Now, in our culture, the word apocalypse just references chaos. The word apocalypse has has been changed to have a meaning of just disaster and destruction. So revelation of Jesus Christ, the revelation, the revealing of Christ is not destructive. All right? Uh, the revealing of Christ is a good thing. Uh, the revelation of Christ. And so, uh, but the word uh, apocalypse is the word, is the Greek word uh, for revelation. If you got your uh, New Testament out, Greek New Testament out, and does anybody study the Greek New Testament? All right. Brother uh, uh, Joe Boyd, he was an evangelist uh, for decades, and Brother Joe Boyd would read uh, the he would read out of his Greek New Testament every day. And he was fluent uh, in, in the Greek, and he could just read it. Now, I can study Greek, and I have taken Greek, uh, but it is word by word, thesaurus, 
uh, lexicon. You're working through each each and every word and tense and uh, trying to navigate through, uh, but uh, definitely not fluent to where I could I could read it. Uh, but here, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the word apocalypse. Uh, is the term that Revelation uh, comes from, uh, but it's really just re- uh, means the revealing of the hidden, revealing of the hidden. Aren't you glad that you don't just read this book one time and you know it all? I'm glad that's the case. Because it's amazing how many times you can open up the Word of God and you can read it, and passages that you have read over and over and over again And then all of a sudden you'll read it another day and God just opens up a nugget out of that passage of Scripture that you had never seen before. Uh, We have a book that is alive. And and the, the Word of God is worthy of our study. It is how we get to know who our God is. So we want to make sure that we're students of it. We're reading the Word of God. Uh, but when it comes to the book of Revelation, we see some things here. It's the revealing of the hidden. The Word of God is what reveals God to us. The Word of God is what reveals God to us. You know, there are people that want to live from experience to experience. But God didn't say that he was going to reveal himself through experience. But he did reveal himself through his word. And that's, that is so vital because if we're not careful, we can get off on experiences. They can, they can lead us astray. And so uh, the, the book of Revelation, the revealing of the hidden, uh, the revelation was about Jesus Christ. Revelation here was given from God. The revelation was given from God. This is not John's revelation. John was just the one that was receiving it from God, and it was about Christ. And so uh, the revelation was about God, and it was given from God, and it was given to John. Now, uh, look with me at verse number 1. John was that servant. Look at verse 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, uh, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. So it was given to John, but John was just a servant. He was uh, he was just one that was serving uh, his God. Uh, if you skip down uh, to verse number four, it says, "John to the seven churches which are in Asia, my, or in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from Him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before." His throne. Look down to verse number nine. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So here, John is that servant. He is the one that is receiving this truth from God. Now, take your Bible, hold your place here in, in Revelation, go to Acts chapter number. 13. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 1, verse 13. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 13. 
Acts chapter 1, and look with me at verse number 13. And when they were come in, they went up to an uh, went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. And here what we have is we have the list of the apostles that were there in the upper room and John was uh, one of those apostles. John was an individual that was a servant of God and now John, uh, he is on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, he, he was, uh, he became a martyr for the Lord. Uh, he was persecuted for the Lord. But he, John was just a servant uh, of the Lord. It was given to John, uh, the servant of the Lord. Secondly, revel, the revelation was of imminent things. The revelation was of imminent things. Now, the word imminent means likely to occur at any moment. Impending uh, so that is what imminent means. It's impending. It could happen at any moment. And here, uh, John is writing of imminent things. Uh, the truth that was brought to him was of in imminent uh, things that were going to come to pass. Because uh, he said here that was, uh, in verse number four, uh, let's see here. Oh, I'm sorry, verse number one. Uh, things which must shortly come to pass, which shortly should come to pass. So now when we're thinking about that, it's been 2,000 years. So 2,000 years. He said, well, how is that shortly? Take your Bibles and go with me uh, to, uh, let's see here, go to Second Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter number 3. Look with me at verse number 8. 2 Peter 3, 8. The Bible says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Say, Pastor, it's been, it's been 2,000 years. No, it's just been two days. You see, God's on a different time clock than we're on. He's, he's on a completely different time schedule. Matter of fact, God is not on time. He's outside time. Uh, he is outside the very spectrum of time. Uh, Isaiah 57, 15, and, and, and you can see that. Uh, but uh, when we look at this, uh, that uh, the Lord, uh, everything that was being taught and said, all of this is imminent. It could come at any moment. And when we think about the last days, of course, we think, well, these must be the last days. But when did those last days start? Go back to Hebrews chapter 1. You know, God is a very amazing God. He's, he has given us all of the things that we need to know. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing if, if God said, well, in the last days, you know, it's going it, to, troublous times are going to come in the last days, and it's going to wax worse and worse in the last days. And he tells us that, but he doesn't tell us when the last days is, are. Is, are, not sure. 
Uh, and so uh, here, as we have uh, these last days, we're trying to figure out when those began. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, look with me at verse number 2. The Bible says, "...hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds." So here we know that the last days were in the time of Christ. Because it was in the last days that Christ was speaking to them. So during the Lord's ministry, we know at least at that point, the last times or the last days began. Well, we know it had to have been the last days because it would not have been before salvation's plan was finished, before the Messiah would have come. So the last days began with Christ. So when we, when we say these are the last days, we can have confidence that we are right. We are in the last days. And the Lord should, he, he is able to come at any moment. Uh, it's an eminent return of Christ. He could come any day. Now, with that, though, there have been people throughout history who have been saying the Lord's going to come back and given dates. And you have, it's one thing to have a prophet. It's another thing to have a false prophet. So when we, we look at that with the false prophets, I started just doing some searches on people that had uh, made predictions with days and dates of the Lord's coming. And the list is way too long to go over. It's unbelievable. And so people uh, have made these false predictions uh, of the Lord's return. Matthew chapter 24. Go there with me, Matthew 24, verse 36. Matthew 24, 36. Say, Pastor, why are the verses not up on the screen? Because I want you to learn where your Bible verses are at. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 uh, the Bible says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Now, how many of you have a red letter edition? What color is that in? It's in red. So the Lord is himself saying, The angels in heaven don't know. I don't know. My Father only knows the day and the hour. Uh, go to Mark chapter 13. Verse 32, we'll see another uh, time of the same statement, another revelation there uh, of a different gospel, Mark 13, 32. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. So here we have the Father is the only one know, that knows uh, when the day and the hour is. So if somebody says, well, the Lord's coming back on this day, all you have to do is say, false prophet. False prophet. I mean, it, there's no wondering. They might be right on so many other things, but as soon as somebody starts saying they know when the Lord's coming back, that's a false prophet. Uh, because the Lord said nobody knows uh, except the Father only. Uh, we have, uh, I just 
grabbed some of the people that had made uh, false predictions of the Lord's coming. In 1874, Charles Taze Russell, uh, the first president of the Jehovah's Witnesses, said that uh, the Lord was going to come uh, in 1874. He calculated it out to be 1874, and until his death, he was still teaching and preaching uh, that Christ was, uh, though he didn't show up and people see that he came, he just said, well, he's invisibly present. Sort of like the rest of what he presented as truth. It was invisible uh, because it was not true. And so, uh, anyway, uh, he taught that the resurrection of the saints was going to take place in 1875, and then the rapture and the harvest would be in 1878. And so all of these things, I mean, uh, pretty amazing that you could, you could teach something and that time pass and still have the gall to teach something else about another date. Uh, pretty amazing that people would even follow them. Uh, and you know what? Uh, with, with the prophets, and we'll look at a couple of verses, uh, if there is a false prophet, we're not supposed to follow them. Somebody says they are speaking in God's name and what they say does not come to pass. They're a false prophet. We're supposed to back off. So Herbert Armstrong, uh, in 1935, he said the Lord was coming back. Again, uh, in 1943, he said the Lord was going to come back in 1943. Again, in 1972. Again, in 1975. Uh, he was the founder of the Worldwide Church of God. And Ar Armstrong stayed intent and teaching that the Lord was going to come uh, before his death. But he, not, he died in 1986, and the Lord had not come back yet. False teachers. In 2009, the ministry uh, was reorganized. It shut down uh, and reorganized under the Grace Communion International. Uh, in 1988, there was a man by the name of Edgar Wisenant. And uh, uh, he published a book in 1988. And it was entitled, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 88. Now, I was in college, Deb and I were in college at this time. Uh, there was a young lady that was from our church in Washington, and she was living in uh, Ohio. And so, anyway, during that time, there was a wedding. We ended up traveling down and got to see her, and, and their church, they were selling, people were selling their houses. They had taken that book and they bought into all 88 reasons why the Lord was coming. When we got down there and saw that, uh, that lady, a uh, close friend of ours, and got down there to see her, and she was, I mean, she was hook, line, sinker. She believed the Lord was coming in 1988 and following all of these different uh, things that this author had put out. And 1988 came, and 1988 passed. But that false prophet didn't give up. He published another book in 1989. 89 reasons why Jesus will come in 89. Millions of copies were purchased. And people were falling into that 
They were selling their houses. They were giving everything to the poor. They were giving everything to churches. Somehow trying to earn some merit with God. How sad. False prophets. False prophets. Uh, just a unbelievable. Uh, Harold, Harold Camping. Uh, he, he said September 6th of 1994 that the Lord was going to come back. How many of you remember that? All right. I mean, that was a big deal. There were, there were big, huge, big bulletin boards. You're going down the freeway and big old signs that Lord was coming back September 6th. Uh, then again, uh, on May 21st of 2011, the Lord was going to come back, but he did not do so. So he he switched it uh, from May 21st of 2011 and went to October 21st of 2011 uh, and, you know, just kept on believing. And, you know, there, there were many more that had come after that, these individuals with predictions of the Lord's coming and with dates. Now, we know the Lord's coming back. There's no doubt of that. But the truth is no man knows when he's coming. And so uh, I was looking, there are several that are made for the Lord. Predictions were made that the Lord is coming back in 2021. There are some for 2025. There are some for 2054. Unbelievable. Uh, but the reality is the Lord is coming back. Now, what's so, what, you say, Pastor, why are we talking about this? Because 2,000 years later, we're still looking at John's. You know why? Because it's not been proved wrong. John was not a false prophet. There's truth that's there. Uh, Jeremiah 28, verse 8 and 9. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. And God's just saying, if there's a prophet that is prophesying and what they say is coming to pass, then you can trust them. Uh, but otherwise, you can't trust them. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse 21 to 22. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in, in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Jeremiah 23, 16, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak vision of their own heart and not out of my mouth. And so uh, just making sure that we've, uh, we're listening. And as we're open up the book of Revelation, we don't have to worry. John was not a false prophet. Uh, he was, uh, he was uh, stating truth. So, uh, number three, John bear record. John bear record. John was not the writer. John was not the author. John was just bearing record. He was the tool to take what God had given to him and write it down. He was, he was that pen, if you would. This pen can't write anything by itself. It's just a tool. 
but somebody that knows how to write, somebody besides me, uh, they can uh, take that pen and they can write things. I can print, I can't write. Uh, our kids in school, they're, they're doing the writing and the cursive. Uh, I had to spend a lot of time just learning how to uh, sign my name in cursive because I never used it in school. Uh, but, uh, but John here, he was, just, he was just a vessel. He was just the one that was bearing record. Verse number 2 of J Revelation 1, who bear record of the Word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. So here we see that he's, he's bearing record of the Word of God. That God is revealing truth to him. And he's just bearing record of the Word of God. Then you stop and think, God used John to accomplish a lot. I mean, as, an, as one of the apostles, he was in the inner three. Peter, James, and John. Those those three are always mentioned in that order in the Bible. John was the one that uh, is recorded as who leaned upon Jesus' breast. He was, he was close to the Savior. And so he was bearing record of the Word of God. He was bearing record of the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, we had uh, out at the flagpole uh, every morning at school, uh, we'll meet out at the flagpole, we'll have devotions, and so I'll give them a charge, and then uh, from there, then we'll do our pledges uh, to the American flag, and then as well uh, to the Bible. We don't have a Christian flag out there at this point, and so uh, we'll do our pledges. And yet uh, today, as we are looking at chapter uh, Proverbs 22.1, a good name is rather to be chosen. And we've been talking to the kids uh, yesterday and today about having a good testimony, a good name. Uh, and, you know, in life, that is it's so vital. Uh, but John here, he was bearing record of the testimony of Jesus Christ. The, the actions, the life, what what the Lord had done. And, and he says, all that he saw. Can you imagine being able to be John and see the Lord day in and day out? To hear his instruction? To watch how he responds when under attack? You know, you can learn so much about people just by just by watching. And here, here John, he is, he is communicating all that he saw. He, he's communicating the word of God the, God, the words that God gave to him. He's communicating the testimony of Jesus Christ. And now, all that he saw, all the uh, things that he witnessed. Now, we know that uh, the revelation as is all Scripture. Uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So this is not just John's, uh, his, his own thoughts, uh, but these are God's words that he is leading John to pen. Uh, but he, he penned the Gospel of John. He penned 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. He was used to pen uh, the book of Revelation, pretty amazing uh, how God had chosen to use this vessel. I wonder what the Lord wants to do with us. 
I wonder what he would more he would do with us if we were just a yielded vessel. You know, there are things in life that I just don't want to do. But I should just be a willing vessel. I remember when I was in college, and they'd have, every day you had chapel. And so uh, there was a, one of the uh, comedians at the college he said, I've heard so many life-changing messages, I don't even know who I am anymore. And, you know, that was so true. There were just so many things that were coming at you all the time. And, uh, and so, uh, but I remember sitting through messages and, you know, Lord, I mean, I, I, I knew the Lord wanted me to pastor. That was when I was called to preach. I knew that that's what he wanted me to do. But then I started hearing some messages on missions. Like, okay, Lord, missions? You sure? And I remember just like it was God speaking to me during a missions conference. Once you go to the mission field, I was like, okay. Invitation came. I went to the, the altar. I said, Lord, if that's what you want, my life is yours. I'll do whatever you want. And as soon as I got up, it was just like the Lord said, okay, that's all I wanted. And it was like, you don't want me to go? Well, what was all this about? God just wants us to be yielded. He just wants us to be in his hand, willing to do whatever it is that he wants us to do. And so John was uh, that type of an individual. John was bearing record of, of the Word of God, of the testimony of Jesus Christ, of all that he saw, what he witnessed. Uh, lastly here, uh, we see the blessings of Revelation. The blessings of Revelation. Uh, look at verse number 3, Revelation 1-3. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Uh, so there's some blessings that are tied uh, to the book of Revelation. And, and God says, there's a blessing that comes to reading the book of Revelation. Now, I'm, I'm in the ministry. I'm a pastor. But there were, there were years, as, even as an assistant pastor, I'd get to Revelation and I'd start back over. It's like none of this has anything to do with where we're at. And I'd read part, don't look at me like that. Uh, but I, I'd get to Revelation and it was like, okay, you know, this is just so confusing. This is, all, this is all stuff that's happening after we're gone. So really I don't have any need to know all of this. I mean, I've got the basic information of what the timeline is, but it's like, who cares what the third toe of the beast really means? And, and, and you know, I, I, I would just look at those things, and there was just sort of a, a not aversion, but just a dismissal. And I'll focus on other things that I know are going to be more practical for me. But I missed some blessings. Because God said, 
Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. There are blessings that come. He said, I just don't understand what I'm reading. Read it anyway. Read it anyway. You say, well, what does it all mean? I don't know. And anybody that tells you they know what it all means, they're lying. They don't know. So, so as we're reading and as we're studying, will God reveal things to us? Absolutely. And as we grow, there are things that we're going to pick up. And Scripture will start tying together, and you'll be in the book of Daniel, and then you'll be in the book of Revelation, and all of a sudden you'll start doing some uh, cross-referencing between the two, and, and the Lord will just start pulling things in, and, and you'll start understanding how some of this ties together, and it'll just start clicking, just making some sense. Sort of like when you got three-quarters of the way through algebra. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, here we go. And it just sort of, some of those things click. Now, uh, with that, uh, there are blessings. He that reads. Read, read the book of Revelation. Read it. You don't understand it? Read it anyway. So, read the book. Uh, he that reads, uh, then he says, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Those that are listening. Does it mean that we have to be Hearing audibly, not necessarily, but the reading, the hearing, the receptiveness of what God's saying. But you stop and think as you listen to, hopefully you listen to a Bible app, maybe when you're driving, turn a Bible app on and you can listen to it. When I was, in, when I was working uh, nights, I used to uh, turn the uh, cassette players on, and I would listen to Alexander Scorby and just uh, the Word of God going over and over and over again. Cassettes, those are these things that are about this, this big. Uh, teenagers are out of here, so uh, everybody else knows. Uh, but he that, that reads, they that hear the prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. You know, God's expectation is not just so we have knowledge. It's what are we going to do with that knowledge? Just hearing it, just reading it, but not doing anything with it is futile. So there's blessings that come from that. So, so as we're opening up God's Word, let's let's. Listen to it. As we're looking at Revelation, let's see that there are things that he has for us, uh, those that keep. Uh, and why? Well, the time is at hand. You see, as we look at the book of Revelation, what we start seeing is the end times unfold. And as the end times are unfolding, and we're recognizing this could happen any day, that will cause me to change how I live. Just think, if we knew today was the last day that we would live, we would be very focused on what we were going to spend those hours doing. Who am I going to spend them with? What, what am I going to do? Now, 
when you know the end's at hand, it's going to change what you do. It will rewrite your priorities. It'll rewrite my priorities. And so looking at the Lord's coming, what the blessings that are coming to us, the judgment that's coming to this world, it'll change how we live. The Lord could come at any moment. The Lord, the time is at hand. And so the blessings of Revelation, uh, let's, let's read it, let's hear it, let's obey it, and let's recognize the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, as we gather tonight, I just pray that you would help us. Uh, Lord, as we uh, get into the book of Revelation and we look into these uh, last days, I pray that you would give us insight and application and how uh, it applies to the, the timeline that we are in. And so I pray that you just give us wisdom. Thank you for your goodness to us. Pray that you'd bless our people tonight, please. Speak to hearts. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. We'll just have a short invitation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.